I had to drop my phone on my desk and shake my microphone right as I hit go because your countdown started and I was like, I don't have a free hand. And I threw it. He says this after he said, I'm good to go if you are. Yeah. (laughs) It was when the countdown started that I realized I was not good to go. (laughs) All right. So uh, after panicking and thinking I watched the wrong thing, because you 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 pinned the Saint Seiya episode to the chat, and I was like, "Well, I did everything wrong. No surprises here." I like how I didn't second guess it at all. I was just like, "Oh well, he obviously knows better." <laughs> well, like we neither of us asked, and I had total confidence in in what we were watching. But as soon as you sent that, I was like. I didn't ask, and it makes sense that I would do this wrong. <laughs> to be fair, I've done it before. So, right, right. Both of us have done this. Before. That's true. I, I should have. I should have second. Well, I, I think maybe that was the second. The secondary thought that I just didn't really articulate was that. Well, Daniel watched Saint Seiya, so regardless as to whoever was correct, we're screwed. We would have to reschedule. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> But no, we watched the last four episodes of Outlaw Star, and uh, I, I've, I, I do okay. So of course we're going to talk about those episodes, but I think it's mm-hmm. normally when we finish an anime, like we we make it through the finale, we'll talk about the finale episodes, but then we'll also talk about the show as a whole. Mm-hmm. But I'm this is okay. This is going to be an entire podcast of me struggling. In the worst way, the the way that I like the least, there's some good struggles like the gym. That's good struggle. But the struggle that I can't stand is when I can't articulate what I'm thinking. That is my least favorite position to be in ever. Gotcha. I don't I don't know how to talk about the show as a whole. It's such a cacophony. After seeing these last four episodes, they feel impressively self-contained and i don't remember yes, it that yeah, way at all it's almost like uh the the everything before the first okay well maybe not the, the last four it's it's like there's a point in this show where it's like this is different like when they go back to the um the planet from the beginning and you see like the you know the um <clears throat> the bartender and the waitress from that bar in like the first mm-hmm. episode i was like that was a different show ago that was a whole different show in the past. We're watching a different thing now. It it felt really out of place. Uh, not 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 yeah, a bad way. Was, I, th- I think it was. But 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 at the same time, it it, it kind of. I don't know the way that. <clears throat> um, it, it it definitely felt like an anime movie, whereas like at the very end of it, is like oh okay, so they're just gonna kind of go back to the way things were before with with some obvious changes in like the relationship i mean obviously oh. you know gene and melfina um you know they have a, a a little bit more of a relationship now but you're making a different the, point than i am oh, also am I? also that's oh, something I, I wanted to talk about that that okay that uh the non-relationship thing because i guess i'll just go on that one real quick that's a japan thing Hmm. Like you don't you don't PDA in Japan. Like even though there's no one around, if you're outdoors, it's like 
no, you. It's like, OK, let's let's walk together and not hold hands. <laughs> Whereas previously, <sighs> come on, they, they like had, you know, they had the dramatic kiss scene. In right, the, right. like just earlier in that episode. No, they're they're definitely a thing. It's just. I'm pretty I'm 99 percent sure that's just a cultural thing where it's like you're you're not going to show it so overtly. Yeah, but I was mainly the so like you you know how we've talked about in the past where it's like you can't go home after after so much of like so many things have changed you know you've you've completed your uh, or that story yeah it's like the, the, the fact that they went back home I I don't know it just it felt like it it I guess yeah I already said it it felt like an anime movie where it's like it, it definitely impacted the main characters but it's like we got an overarching story to get back to, so we're going to go ahead and get back to that kind of thing. Okay. If that makes any sense. Are you saying that it doesn't feel like the world was affected by them changing? Yeah. Because uh, I would agree with that. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I would. I, I think that that would be a good way <clears throat> of summing up that, uh, that feeling. Well, okay. Hmm. There's a lot, a lot to talk about. And mainly, I guess it's like, you know, we, we hear, you know, it's, it shows flashes of people that they've bumped into talking about Gene and all them. Um, and so it's like they've obviously made an impact on the world, but it, it just it didn't seem to change anything. I mean, yeah, it, it changed the characters. And obviously, like now the the main five are the main five and you know they're all sticking together yeah um well which by the way that was an after the credits scene that i never had seen before <laughs> the the after the credits <laughs> thing <clears throat> where they they're getting into the ship and uh asia they have to do some last minute repairs well yeah and like asia and suzuka are going with them mm-hmm. now like that was mm-hmm. not i didn't remember an ending like that and then there's that like ending title card thing, which almost made me tear up. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't know this was here. This was waiting for me for years. And I, and I never saw it. It, was, it says like the adventure never ends and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like a see you again thing after it was like, Oh, it's over. That almost makes me think, was there going to be a sequel series or was the point to just be like this, this is the story. Is that Gene isn't done? Because okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with the way things feel at the end. <clears throat> I think the world. I think okay. I think taking him back to that planet is literally to show how things have changed. Because for one, the first thing that happens is he goes back to the planet to serve his jail time that he escaped. Then once he's done doing yeah. it. They're like, all right, now we're going to go start doing the thing we do now, which is not, you know, being a being a bounty hunter on that planet. It's getting back into the ship and blasting off again. And it was it was conveying this. Okay, I think maybe the after the credits scene kind of uh, muddies this in a way that it didn't muddy it for me when I didn't see it previously. But them, it, there's like a separation it's like mm-hmm. Aisha's going to stay on the planet. Suzuka's going to go wherever she wants to go. And it's like they're, you know, they're they're no longer traveling together now. 
is the thing that's mm-hmm. being conveyed. Like it's just going to be Jean, Jim, and Melfina that are going to go on this trip. And it's, it's really trying to like sell you on they're now going their separate ways. So even though Aisha's staying on that planet, that tells me that they're not staying on that planet. It was kind of just, he's going back to serve his time. Cause he's trying to be like more legit or, or he's, he's grown up enough to where he's going to face his consequences now. <clears throat> and then they're going to leave. But then the, after the credit scene is, Oh, well they're coming with them. Which I also I also made a note about that, <clears throat> which I like how we just sprinted to talking about the very, 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 very end. <laughs> Skip past everything else. <laughs> but, um, you know, for pe- people who are listening to the podcast, it's like you listen to this after we've finished the show. But the bit at the very end, which will be Spoilers. freshest. Yeah, which will be freshest <laughs> in your mind. But the bit at the very end <clears throat> when Suzuka is saying Gene's going to this system. And I've already been there, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to go with them. And then Ace is just like the Empire, you know, and, until they give me what? Give me a ride home. Yeah, give me a ride home. I'll just, I'm just going to make ends meet. <clears throat> Which I like how she's a pizza delivery girl. It's like right. after all of that, she's she's not above taking the the lowest odd, jo- odd jobs, but uh, and she's still slacking on the job. Yeah. But but like it's like Asia Clan Clan after everything we've just seen her go through, she's like I back in the food service uniform. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> I like having that scene there where it's them basically saying they don't need to go with them. Like there's no yeah. there's no reason other than want that could convince them to go with the outlaw star crew. And then they do anyway. So it, I didn't see it as like a bait and switch. I saw it as like there was a reason for that. Like before it was because I'm only working with you because it's useful to me. And then in the finale, like uh, Suzuka reveals why she came with him. And it was like to get mm-hmm. closer to the on 10 pirates, specifically that guy who I can't remember his name. But uh, <clears throat> she like that who stole faces. Yeah. We'll call him Co, but that was she, like she reveals that was the reason she was there. She she wanted a rematch with this guy that killed her whole family, and uh, yeah. then she's she's got it. So you know now there's no connection, right? But then at the end, it's like they can give whatever reason they want, but the reason is that they want to, which both of them are too proud to admit such things. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I really liked that. Uh, s- spending the time. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it is a bait and switch. It's not the bait and switch that people think of these days where it's like, oh, so you just lied to me in marketing. This is like actually doing the work to make the bait and switch matter from like a character and, perspective. And, and when I say that this show or that the finale feels like a. Um, like it didn't change the world. <clears throat> I don't know because the um, I don't know. I'm, yeah, like they, I think they, I just they have definitely to are very different. They 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 are very different from. Uh, what I was gonna say was maybe I'm taking the growth over the show for granted just because of the the filler episodes and 
um the, the way that the the actual like development episodes are kind of scattershot throughout mm-hmm. um it's like that they've that all of this growth has been very gradual um and so when i was when i was looking at the the show it's almost for in my mind it was like oh well that all that growth happened so long ago but it's like uh i don't know maybe it's just maybe it's just a fact of you know the amount of foul of a fowler filler that was in the show that what do you kind mean of, uh, muddies that perception probably i'm not going to disagree with that but are you, are you saying like you don't know if you agree with your feelings on it just because maybe the filler is is uh contextualizing it differently yeah yeah I'm, so i'm wondering you said here, here real quick. You said something about the the development happened a long time ago. Yeah, or I guess it, it felt like it happened a long time ago. So, and not necessarily the 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 completion of the development, but it was like you know the reason that I said that it felt like the um it felt like the world didn't change or anything like that. Uh, it was almost like I had completely forgotten that he was just, you know, a bounty hunter on that world because in my mind it was like, oh no, they've been traveling the stars this whole time. <laughs> it's like, no, he didn't start out that way. So yeah, it's like my, it, it's like, um, it's almost like I just kind of forgot the, the fact that everything was so plain before he took off. Plain? I don't know if plain. I don't. I don't. I have no idea what you mean now. I've no, I've gotten more lost. <laughs> you said things things um, were plain. Uh, not plain. Just that he hadn't really started <laughs> on his journey. I guess I took the the beginning of the journey for granted. Um. In like what I way? I, I have no idea what you're. I don't know what you're getting at. Okay, imagine that the 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 first episode took place uh or imagine that the first episode was like let's see the 7th episode of the show or something like that where it's like you don't even see the fact that they were bounty hunters on Sentinel 3. It's just that, you know, they started off with the Outlaw Star in space. It was like that's that's where my brain picks up. It's like that's where that's where Gene's story starts for me. So it's like I almost forgot the fact that the show starts when he's just a bounty hunter on Sentinel three. Well, that's why, first of all, this sounds like a you thing. Second of all, it goes, it, it goes it back to is. It. it. I mean, it goes back to Sentinel three and like shows you right. the old haunts. And then it's like, hi, I'm going to serve my time. Cause I'm a man now. And then we're going to get out of here. Maybe it's just the fact that they hung around Sentinel three a bit. Uh, like after they got the outlaw star that's throwing me off. And yes, this is most definitely a me thing. This is, this is my brain being dumb. So. Okay. I don't know about now now that now I, now I'm kind of realizing it's my brain being dumb. (laughs) Well, I'm not, I don't want to like chalk it up to it being that simple. I'm not saying you can't criticize the show. I'm just not sure what the criticism is. And I think it just may have been it just took too long to start. <laughs> Maybe? Are you saying like the show took too long to start or the that particular scene in that particular episode took a little too long? Oh no, no, like the like the show was uh was just like a little 
Because I remember you saying, like, okay, now is the end yeah. of the first act. <laughs> yeah, yeah. if we're talking about the show as a whole, it takes a long time to finally mm-hmm. get going. And then this last bit is, like, these last four... Super quick. Yeah, the last four episodes, we get the ending of Act 2 and all of Act 3. Like, we had... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I want to talk about the freaking beach episode, because it's one of the best ever. Like, it's up there with Gurren Logan. Cause, cause it was a hundred percent necessary to the story. Mm-hmm. Like the whole thing with him, like climbing a mountain and like Jim even points out, he, he's like, when he's like getting all the attention from the women, mm-hmm. Jim points out and he's like, where's Gene rubbing against his face. Right. <laughs> he's the perfect height. But he's like, if, <laughs> if Gene isn't here, then you know something like something's wrong or something's off. <clears throat> and it's like, yeah, Gene, who's, known for being a womanizer is ignoring all of this like overt obvious stuff because he wants to get these caster shells and even Mm -hmm. the the guys giving him the caster shells want him to go do the thing that he used to be like he normally would be more concerned with but he's like the end goal for him is getting the ammunition and then that ammunition which oh man in the third to last episode which i guess would be episode 24 I, I wish i could remember the episode numbers that sounds correct yes yeah 24 so episode 24 where <laughs> it starts off <clears throat> with jim explaining to uh melfina and jim that the uh the caster shells that he got like the four rare ones it's like they they require life force as a catalyst mm-hmm. which they don't bring this up again but like the uh, the specific reasoning given by um, uh, I think his name was Ark Ark Mafan or something, the red haired wizard guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. The reasoning given when he's like in this world of low mana or in these times of low mana, it's like they they have to use life force instead. <clears throat> yeah. And I thought that was cool. I thought that was an interesting explanation for that, because it's like where things go is literally like getting wishes from a machine God. Like that's the universe that outlaw star takes place in. It's like, despite the K pirates existing and there being like magic in this sci-fi world, it's still like, it's like, this is an extremely technological, like materialist based universe, despite that. So it's yeah. like, yeah, it's like you're, it's like you're going, you're going to a sentient library of Alexandria. Yeah. And it, and it's, I mean, Gwyn Khan embodies that. Like he's that, yeah. that soul of this universe. He's, he's basically the conscience of the, the universe as a whole, where he's just like all science. And he's like, I just want to know that is, he's like that. He's that dude that, uh, that trapped himself in the uh, in the library in Avatar: Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, exactly. Like that's that's him, to a T. And uh, I like I how. Just want to know. Yeah, I like how he he has these little lines where it's like, "Oh, I'm harmless," and you know he, he's like saying, "I just want to know." And he's like, uh, "I'm not. I don't want much. I just want to know everything. I just want to destroy every mystery for myself." But then he'll also have these like little lines where it's like he was going to kill for this if he needed to like mm-hmm. when uh now i don't have to kill anyone yeah <laughs> it's like 
he's really when when they were stuck outside the door where he was talking mm-hmm. to Gene and, and Gene's like Gwen Khan, like how are you still here and he's like mm-hmm. he's like the door's locked from the inside I can't get I can't get in and then his character is completely unwilling to sacrifice anything and is downplaying what is most important to him to everyone where he's like I just want to know I just I just want to know all the answers like he keep, right. he keeps downplaying it and then he but he's freaking willing to end lives just for this thing that he's downplaying and it's like <clears throat> he he's so deceptive and like obsessive and out of place and like clearly dealing in things he does not understand Mm-hmm. Like, even though he he wants to know more, he'll also speak of himself highly right before, uh, I guess, downplaying himself. Like, he'll say the imminent Gwen Khan, like literally talking about himself in the third person. And then when someone like grabs him by the neck, he's like, no, no, I'm not a threat. <laughs> like this kind of stuff. I'm harmless. Then at the end, he just he willingly ceases to exist. After he gets all the data that he wants. Yeah, he is he is data and then he fades away. And I'm just like, that is like that seems right. Where it's like the obsession with, with knowing everything. Well, now that you know it, all there is is oblivion. Like it's like now now you are that data, and now you the only thing left is destruction. And yeah, and it's like it's literally I mean, degenerate. It's- yeah, because the thing is, is that um, once you are obsessed with just knowing everything, well, it's like now you can't contribute anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like it's like once you once you know everything, anything that you would bring to the table is just that information, and so you just kind of fade away. There's no there's no point beyond that. Yeah, and he's completely unwilling to sacrifice anything. So when he gets what he wants, the only thing left is utter oblivion. Like right. he ceases to exist completely. I loved how abstract these episodes were. Oh, dude! Like all on on the cylinder <clears throat> or mm-hmm. the the ley line itself. Right. I I like so crazy. All okay. Like all of this seemed like I I didn't in my memory banks. I remembered what it looked like, like vaguely, mm-hmm. especially the the sort of golden plane that they were in before they really got into the center of it, like with all the cool right. color correction. But, um, mm-hmm. like just the, the imagery seemed so much more, I don't, I don't know, intuitive, maybe intuitive is the right word. It was, mm-hmm. I was able to, okay. When, when you say intuitive, it means it would be intuitive the first time. I don't think it was to me the first time, the first time I saw this, and the second time, probably. It was kind of like, oh, yeah, things are all abstract and weird because it's like to make them look different from the regular world. It's like, yeah, you're you're getting to the to the, the grand finale. Things are going to get weird. And that was just as far as I understood it. But it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're getting to the edge slash center of the world, <laughs> which are both occupying the same place in this world. So it's like things yeah. are the, the rules are starting to bend because you are at the place where the rules bend. Like it's just I don't know. It it made more sense to me intuitively now. I didn't intuit it 
before. Now I can intuit it. And now I have the burden of trying to reverse engineer why in the world it just makes sense to me now, which is confusing. <laughs> <clears throat> but good grief. Like, I, I, I'm really not trying to jump around, especially not jump ahead too far. But mm-hmm. what an astonishing final battle. Yeah, just the little... Uh, so this has more in common with Gurren Lagan oh, yeah. than I had ever expected. Think about how grotesque... It, which, by the way, the main villain gets introduced in the third to last episode of the show. That's... No, he was, in, he was introduced earlier. Okay, um, yeah. But, we just didn't know that he would become a primary threat. Yeah, they, they do show him, and he gets like... He, he does some monologuing a little bit, but uh-huh. he doesn't... I don't know if they even conveyed him as like he was going to be the threat standing in the way. And it and it right, does kind right. of feel like it's a race between a bunch of different people there at the end. We're like Hazanko is just one of them. So it's like it, it's like as these last three, it really does feel like like a movie finale. Like the last mm-hmm. the last three episodes are like. You could cut these together as like this was the serenity to what came before as the Firefly. Yeah. Yep. That actually works really well. I'm proud of myself for that one. That does work. That does work. With the beach episode almost being like, I don't know, like a webisode to set up the movie. Because it was like the, the whole thing yeah. with the caster shells, that gets set up in the the beach episode. Where it's like, mm-hmm. this is the thing, this is the thing that's gonna be important to like Gene's development and like his ability to save the world is like he has to be willing to sacrifice himself. And yeah. for what? It wasn't just to get to the ley line, which, okay, oh, man, I need to pick something to talk about, and I need to talk about it. But as far as the structure, it does feel like a self-contained movie. Like, it does mm-hmm. – I think the Firefly and Serenity comparison is is good. It's a good way of uh, communicating that, which if you haven't seen yeah, and Firefly and show, Serenity, go watch show it. Has- the show has reminded us of Firefly from the beginning, so yeah. it's fitting. More than a couple times. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that that's what the structure feels like. It, it is kind of odd. I, I, I almost... As far as, like, a show-heavy quality pacing, it very... It, big struggles on that. Like, it, it stays entertaining. But on mm-hmm. it, it's almost like, on paper, the show is much worse. Like, if this yeah. didn't have the character designs and the voice performances and, like, the sense of humor, which I think Outlaw Star is particularly strong as far as anime, at least for an American. I think that's one of the reasons that it was more successful. Yeah. Just because a lot of the humor seems much more general, like, much more global. It's way less specific to Japan. Right. <clears throat> Especially the beach episode when he's trying to climb that mountain. And there's the the thing where he's like, no way I'm falling for that trap again. And then immediately falls for it exactly the same way. And he's just like, shit. <laughs> also, when he's being chased by, I can't remember that guy's name, but the masked Vega from Street Fighter 2. When he's being chased yeah, by yeah, him yeah. and the guy's like coming up behind him and then he hits that trap and it hits both of them. And it just flings that guy in a different place. Then the third time when he goes up to the trap and he jumps over the little, t- the, uh, not tightrope. What am I trying to say? What is that? Tri- trip uh, line? Trip, 
Tripwire. Tripwire. There we go. He jumps over the tripwire, sinks into the snow, and then the, the snowball hits him anyway. It's like the the tripwire wasn't even relevant. The the humor stuff's good. It's good at being general. I I think on paper the show is significantly worse. It's like you have to take two or three points off just because of how inconsistent and uh, unwilling to commit the pacing is. And I'm almost like, would the show be much better if you chopped off like half the episodes? Yeah, I don't know. I think... Because some of the episodes, like the the one where... um, uh, The one where... Jim kills his girlfriend. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It was it's completely out of nowhere. Like it just it doesn't provide anything for the story at large. Yeah, it does. It doesn't give you anything about like. I guess it's almost anything like about the main struggle, and it also doesn't even affect Jim at all. It's just like, oh, yeah. I didn't get to see that girl again. Yeah, it's Not, like I killed her. Right. It's almost like if you're, I guess if you're trying to steel man it it's like it's development for the setting but i feel like it's redundant because the setting has already Mm -hmm. been established as like dangerous and and cruel and chaotic yeah and tragic like outlaw star is such a like a um or the, the universe like this spacefaring society is extremely patchwork to the point that there are three major powers that are constantly at war with one another. Right. Where it's like, yeah, this is, uh, the, the only thing they were able to come together to do is to basically create a, um, uh, a Holy grail to all kill each yeah. other over. It's like, we came together to create a thing to kill each other over. Hmm. <sighs> Tower of Babel. Yeah, it was almost like the, not quite as bad as the Tower of Babel. Like they they were able to to maintain. <laughs> I guess they were, they able, were able to finish it. One. Well, they were able to finish it in like a way that that kept them from merging and then completely dissolving. Like they were. Able, it was almost like they were able to maintain their grudges, <laughs> and that's why that's why they got to survive <laughs> a little bit longer. But. The result being is you just stay in the state of constant warring where it's like, do you merge and dissolve or do you remain at war? It's like they've gotten to this point where that's the best they can come up with. But anyway, we're going to finish this and we're going to keep side eyeing each other so that we can actually kill each other at the ley line. Right. And then I I think it's fitting that none of them, none of them actually benefit from mm, mm-hmm. that that holy grail but uh and it, i guess if if i if we want to go into that there's a lot to talk about on there mm-hmm. as far as structure i guess if we're talking about the show as a whole as far as structure there's some really strong patches there's some entertaining filler but it's got to be below average even for the time like even for a show that's twenty six episodes and done, I'd say it's like a four. Yeah, but it's got some really high highs. Yeah, and, and it's kind <clears> of <throat> the 
the early episodes it really is the pacing. It's really what? It really is the pacing that brings everything down. Yeah, but it it's almost like they were hedging their bets early on. Because early mm-hmm. on they like they keep the filler coming very quick early in the show where they almost try <clears throat> having hiccups. They try to have a what I'm trying to say. Not monster of the week. What, what am I thinking of? They, they make it very episodic in the beginning, but not yeah. in the same way that Trigun does. And they also do it a whole lot more than Trigun does. Like Trigun mm-hmm. starts off pretending to be episodic and it stops being episodic very quickly comparative, like compared yeah. to outlaw star and surprisingly. So on our second viewing, yes, I was like, wow, that was over fast. Like, I remember that being like almost a third of the show, but it's like after three or four episodes, it's it's completely done with that. It's like now we're now we're uh, a series. <clears throat> but without Lost Star, it's like, good Lord. I mean, the strongest woman in the universe episode, that's episode 18. And then Cats and Girls and Spaceships, which is that one we were talking about earlier. That's episode 20. It's funny how, like, the Hot Springs episode is not episodic at all. Like, that's just, that is a main chunk of the, right. the like, the, the final struggle. <clears throat> uh, but, yeah. Do we want to, okay, is there something you want to talk about before I kind of, like, get into what I think is going to be, like, the meat no, I do have some stuff on the meat. Is it the same meat? Are we talking about the same cut? Uh, potentially. Okay. Um. Okay, so with Hazanko being the main villain, uh, I think he's very just main villain, the character. Like he, Yes. <laughs> he's not particular. Th- this is the meat, by the way. But he, he seems like he should be a major part. As far as an antagonist, especially like an antagonist for Gene, he's mm-hmm. very pedestrian. Like he's big evil guy with with a big evil guy mask. With spooky mask, yeah. Yeah, and the thing that makes him a threat is he's really powerful and has a, a big booming voice. <clears throat> Yeah, there's no like I, his motivation is I want to be the most powerful man in the universe. He's very Saturday morning. He's like, I want to rule the universe. And uh, right. He's his followers are. Well, I like to be the bad guy <laughs> like the the Anten pirates. They I mean, throughout the show. I think the on 10 pirates you meet like uh, that, that guy that has the duel with Gene. He's much more interesting, mm-hmm. but yes, the ones he was probably the most interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the ones you see at the end. I mean, the guy that was in the beach episode, he, he got so much screen time leading up to it that it's almost like <laughs> it's, it's almost like a, uh, a subversion of your expectations that he's turned into a joke for the beach episode. And then for the episodes right. following, they start acting like he's cool again and then he literally just gets dissolved when Zanko like becomes the 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 most powerful being in the universe and whatever. <clears throat> Hazanko was literally there just to embody 
yeah, I think when he was turned into a joke in the beach episode, th- that definitely was a moment where I was like, okay, I'm not going to take these, uh, th- these guys too seriously. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, the antagonist, it's not, it's not the strong point. I think mm. Gwen Khan is good as an antagonist, but it's less being an antagonist. It's, it's more like here's more world building. I think he's a good character. Like, yeah, as unlikable a, as he is, I think he's really compelling. The antagonists do a really good job, though. Uh, the the two primary antagonists that stick out in my mind that uh, do a really good job of this are um, Harry McDougal and uh, what, what's his name? The the, the big bad... Uh, Hazanko? Evil villain, TM. Um, yeah, uh, Hazanko. So, <clears throat> but the thing, the thing that they do well is that they contrast with um uh with Jean's motivations where it's like uh especially when it comes to Melfina so like Hazanko just sees her as the tool and mm-hmm. um uh Harry's in Harry love with her. just sees her as something to be yeah he he there's something to be protected and loved and cherished whereas uh Jean it lies right in the middle <laughs> and he's like not sure if he's in love with her yet or I mean he's like coming to that decision but he also sees the usefulness of her. And so it's like this, uh, I, re- I really did like seeing the the differences between them, especially when it was kind of on the nose. You know, Harry's like, oh, I love you. I, I want to protect you. And then he turns around. His uncle's like, no, she is a tool. Die and yeah. busts him in half. Um, <laughs> and he basically just talks like that the whole right. time. <laughs> no, she is a tool. Yeah, uh, that was that was a pretty gruesome scene where he just like broke all of his limbs, which and then just let it. And then he came back and it was like just kind of zombie. Yeah, dude, uh, I I think Harry gets like one of the best endings. Like he mm-hmm. he gets he really gets good use of screen time in the last mm-hmm. few episodes. It's like <clears throat> he's a pretty unassuming character when he's first introduced, where it's like, uh, who is this guy in the the race? Then when he yeah, when literally he, you're like, who is this guy? Yeah, th- then he, he hacks into the ship and it's like, whoa, what was that about? He knows about Melfina. And then he like interfaces with her, and it's like, that's strange. And then you find out he's like this freaky robot guy. <clears throat> and then you know freaky robot guy with emotional issues. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of them. <clears throat> and then he sort of gets killed off, sort of. Like he, he, it seems like a complete Both defeat times. early in the show, yeah. And then he gets brought back, sort of as like the ship's bio, bi, bionic computer, kind of like Melfina, and uh, Ron McDougal ends up being uh, less consequential than it seems like he was being set up to be. It seems like he was being set up as a foil to Gene, but really, yeah. Harry is the foil. And I'm almost yeah. like, I kind of feel like if, okay, like if you had to do an, uh, like a film adaptation of Outlaw Star, you'd need to merge a few of these villains together because yeah. it feels like Hazanko just doesn't have much to him. It also, compared to Harry, feels like Braun just doesn't have a lot to do. So it's almost like you could merge Ron and Hazanko into one character. Or you could merge Ron and Harry into one character. 
And that would like, yeah, that would do a lot to kind of put things in a place where they're just, I don't know. They're a lot more limber the way that they can get through the story because as it stands, it's like Harry ends up being the best villain. Mm-hmm. Like he's the most compelling one because he has the same goal as Jean. So that gets to be the sort of foil, but <clears throat> in making Hazanko the much bigger threat, you get to have Harry have his sort of redemption with no downside. Like he, he gets to just, be the nice guy at the end with, with no caveat where like he sacrifices himself to help Gene save Melfina. Right. It's like, he's, he's not just trying to steal Melfina away. He's opening the door for literally opening the door for Gene. Mm-hmm. And it's in a way it's after his death. Mm-hmm. So it's like the, the ghost of Harry like his will still existed, so it's like that's what's going to help Gene. I think you can't. You sh- horrifying. Yeah, you shouldn't just turn them all into one villain because then you lose that. Like Harry doesn't get right, to be as good. Right. Harry gets to stay himself because Harry's like the most. He's the strongest, most well-rounded of all of the antagonistic characters. But with Ron and Hizango, it's like ah, there's. I feel like some. There's so much more could have been done. With, yeah, and I definitely feel like you could easily merge those two villains, um, like, and just have it be Ron, like, have have the villain be Ron McDougal. He's kind of the one that gets the most, uh, uh, the most development and screen time, and then yeah. the, the thing, the the thing, and this he's is also the guy the, that killed Gene's father, so. Right, and this is not the uh, we rewrite uh, Outlaws Star episode. But if you were sure. to put this into a movie, then it would be um, then it, I think that it would work well as Ron and Hazanko uh, conjoining pretty much. Yeah, uh, I, because I th- then it would provide a conflict between Ron and Harry that could culminate in a very like sacrificial, like very emotional sacrifice. Yeah, very dramatic from Harry. Yeah. And. It would almost be more meaningful for Gene, like in his story, because yeah. a lot of this, I mean, there's sacrifice seems to be the the main theme of the, mm-hmm. the ending of Outlaw Star. It's like the like, what are you willing to sacrifice? <clears throat> yeah, right. And with Gwen Khan, he's willing to sacrifice nothing. And thus, in order to get what he wants, there is just oblivion. Like, if you want to talk about Tower of Babel, he's like. I want to know everything. And by knowing everything, he ceases to exist entirely. It, there's literally no point to him learning it, everything. Right. Uh, it was like maybe up to this point, the motivation to know more was, was pushing him to progress. But as soon as he reaches the goal, it, it's utterly destructive. <clears throat> because if you're not bringing the information back to, to make something change, then what are you doing? Yes. And then by comparison, it's what is uh, Hazanko willing to, or, and actually what, what Gwyn is willing to sacrifice is um, things that uh, he's like willing to sacrifice other people and other people's mm-hmm. things. But sort of, you know, the symbolic place that Melfina occupies is, like, the the feminine spirit. Like, 
yeah. in order to get, you know, this all powerful wish, all of these people have to be willing to sacrifice Melfina. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But then what Jean is willing to sacrifice to get Melfina, that means that he's willing to sacrifice everything. Mm-hmm. In order to get her back, it's like he's willing to sacrifice. Like the thing that could give you anything you want, the thing he wants is to not have anything the but sacrificial her. Sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Yes, he wants her instead. And now it's kind of a trigun thing, where it's like Vash wants to save everyone, but he learns he can't. So instead, he'll just save his brother, or he'll die trying. Yeah. He'll save the ones he can. Right. So it's like Gene gets to this point where it's like, okay, I've got all of this stuff that I have to try to accomplish just to basically undo the entire journey, which was bringing Melfina here to be sacrificed. Which you could argue in the back of his head, he probably knows. Like all leading up to that point. Mm -hmm. Like once it's happening, now he wants to stop it. But it's like, well, if Melfina is the key to the Galactic Ley Line, like if Melfina is the key to getting anything and everything you could ever want, that's basically what the Ley Line fills in for. <clears throat> Bless you. If Thank she, you. If she's the key, then you have to assume an exchange is going to be made. And yeah. th- kind of throughout the show, I, I like how they, they are consistent with this. It, it's not as if... It's really shoved in your face, but I like how they're consistent in Gene is really trying not to think about that. Like he's kind of, he's kind of pushing it to the back of his mind. And when that comes up again in the finale, immediately following is he dies in a way like immediately following him, Hazanko and Gwyn Khan and Melfina they all sort of die in that moment where it's like, he's still not willing to kind of accept responsibility for that. <clears throat> and he's just trying to delete Hazanko, <laughs> which right. uh, when he first fired off one of those rounds against that, uh, that other sorcerer lady, her name was Hamushi. And when that guy that stole uh, Suzuka's face is uh Hitoriga. Okay. Yeah. So when he fires it at Hamushi, that was like shockingly violent. <laughs> yeah, when you see just like the little the little red the, like the, smears I mean, as it's going in, the pink smears. Yeah, as she's getting sucked into this miniature black hole and compressed. Which, uh, like, yeah, that <laughs> that must have been a number four because that one gets used twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just gets sucked into a black hole. Uh. And, and it takes part of Gene's life force, which I was going to say this earlier in episode 24, the beginning of the episode is, hey, relax. I'm not going to be in a situation where I have to use them one after another. And it's like, geez, be a little more subtle with your foreshadowing. Right. My right. God. <laughs> it's basically just saying over the course of the next three episodes, Gene will use Gene's them repeatedly. <laughs> he will do the exact thing he said he didn't have to do. Like the curb your enthusiasm, or no, no, <laughs> no sorry, it's, it's the, uh, uh, always sunny in Philadelphia. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Gene uses all of the shell and dies, but yeah. <laughs>
All of the writing and the themes in this feels very intentional and very well done considering what it has to work with. But it's almost like mm -hmm. if the show had been written this well the whole time. Because the last four episodes, I've really got no criticisms that have anything to do with those four episodes. It's right. It's almost as if <clears throat> like imagine if Rise of Skywalker was good. Where it's like it's kind of having to deal Ooh, there's with a lot of variables to change there. <laughs> yes. But like that was what people were hoping for. Like mm -hmm. they're hoping. Well, I hope Rise of Skywalker can somehow pull it out at the end. It's not as extreme because I think Outlaw Star was uh, like we were enjoying it. It was we we're having a good time watching it yeah. up to this point. But in these last four episodes, it, it really does feel like, oh, we ran out of time and we did our best. Like we did, yeah. but we did run out of time, but we did do our best because <clears throat> all the issues I have with it stem from the previous show is probably spinning its wheels just a little bit too much. Like I think when I, when I'm criticizing Ron McDougal, not really having much to do, they just don't, they didn't have the runtime because he's like the last three episodes in particular are so jam packed full of plot. Like they really all blur together yeah, as like one, they, but they really would have had the runtime had they just not done all the filler. Yeah. That yeah, and that's what feels weird. It's like, again, why did you need again, the filler that, in that case? That, it's like that filler was enjoyable. And like the the filler is fun. Like the, the characters are fun enough that the filler is fun. Yeah, it's but it's it's one of those like when you have such a story to tell, it's like you have to you have to tell that story. Yeah. It, it, and it's also, it's one of these like contradictory things. Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of an example that would not draw the eye of Sauron. The, the one that I see the most, which I'll have to edit this out because this is big Sauron energy, um, where people are like cha uh, changing the, the sex and race and sexuality of like historical characters or, I mean, historical mm -hmm. figures or like long established characters the defense they give is, well, it doesn't matter. And then I'm like, if it doesn't matter, then it doesn't matter. Put it back. Mm. But it's, it's one of these things where uh, it's like, it has filler, but the filler's really good. And I'm like, if the filler's really good, then they're really good writers. So they should know to not yeah. use filler. It's a, uh, not a contradiction. What's the word? I mean, contradiction, contradiction probably fits, but there's a better word for it. Paradox. It's paradoxical Paradox, yeah. where it's like the, the defense completely undercuts it. <laughs> like, it's like, <clears throat> it's like the filler was entertaining and I'm like, okay, but in that case, imagine how much it better it would be if it wasn't filler. Right. Yeah. It's like, Hey, we made a really good turn-based game. And I'm like, why? Sorry. That's a total digression. <laughs> it's like, you could have just made a good game game. <clears throat> Game, 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 game. <laughs> uh, wh what was what were we freaking talking about? I was gonna get to the f to the thing about like sacrifice and how um, it's like, what are you willing to sacrifice for for anything mm. you would want? With Hazanko, it's basically he he's gathered so many resources and gathered so much power uh, that the thing he sacrifices is is everyone else. And yeah. the thing that he asks to be turned into 
he's like he wants enough power to basically overthrow uh the king and then the emperor which the, it's the tendo king i can't remember the name of the emperor but i like i like this is what i'm saying the show knows exactly what to leave out when it doesn't have time to explain it it's really well written when they've run out of time here like just they did waste their time but with the time they had left they use it really wisely because we don't need to know the king or his story we don't even know need to know about this empire in, in higher detail it's completely unnecessary because this is the right. only purpose it would really serve is to establish they said king then they said emperor so it's like there's levels to this so this guy's below the king, but he wants the power to get rid of the king and then also the emperor. Like, he's down here. You get a good idea of where he is, and he wants to skip all that. Like, he right. he wants to be sp space god. <clears throat> space god. Right. And the thing he gets turned into is this big, hor horrific abomination that will destroy everything. Where it's like, uh, I'm going to sacrifice. Huh? It was gross looking. Yeah. I love the design. Dude, that shot. The shot, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but the shot with the depth of field where it's like, it's an oh, in-focus yeah, yeah, shot yeah. of the outlaw star flying, and then in the background, it's just this blurry, horrifying like face of impossible yeah. scale. I'm like, ooh, I that was is... Actually gonna, I was going to talk about that shot when we were just... because. It was a really good shot. It's so there were good. A number of shots in that fight that were really like just pretty, dude. That and that one sticks out to me because it's like I don't know if I've seen something that good in a hot minute. Like mm -hmm. the only thing I could compare it to is maybe like some video game backgrounds, like in like old old, not old retro, like scrolling pixel games. Will they have like you know? something in the background where it's like hey that's good scale but it's it's really just a flat image i think right. maybe we tried to get that close in like resistance too but since then yeah we've kind of realized there's like diminishing returns on making things bigger and bigger and bigger but with that one it, it's just it's like I, I we need to make this thing look big and it's like i don't know if we even get anything that good and grow and log on As far as like setting I mean, the scale, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find we out. We sure will. Here. But that that's. Oh, no, there is. There is. There's a couple of things that are similar. OK, different, but similar, I guess, specifically using focus to show scale. Yeah, I was like, now, that might be my focus, favorite. No. Yeah, it's like that might be my favorite shot in any anime ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I saw it and I was like, oh, I remember this part. Also, dude, the choreography of that like climactic battle with like the um, all of like the adjustments and like the the momentum that the Outlaw mm -hmm. Star is using to like move through, like dodge and avoid and stuff. <clears throat> also, the design of Hazanko, it kind of reminds mm -hmm. me of the Anti Spiral, where it's just like grotesque bunch of faces in places where they don't belong. There's faces where they don't belong. Yeah, and then when he kind of gets defeated, like the way that it like dissolves in segments in really weird ways Ugh. where it's like, yeah, this was the head and the head was not the one head. And it was kind of in a strange place. It's a, it's a good, uh, it's good. In a, it, there's, 
there's a lot to be said about a good abomination. It's like, that's a good abomination. Oh, yeah. Like, that's oh, yeah. really selling it. <clears throat> but yeah, the, the scene before they face Hazanko, where Melfina is coming to Jean in the sort of the, the death state, the in-between state, I guess limbo, mm-hmm. to kind of tell him what's going on. And that's, you know, where kind of the final choice happens, where it's like, and I do see what you're, what you mean when you were saying it kind of feels like maybe some of these lessons were already learned, mm-hmm. but it is in, it, it is in the doing of the lessons that they are right, learned. Right. The, the execution is the full, the full realization of those lessons. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like Gene didn't become the guy that was going to pick Melfina over everything in the episode where he does that. He was already there. Right. Pro- probably a while ago. But uh, in that moment, I thought that was really cool. And then also the image of her wrapping around him and the the wings coming out. Yep. yep. Like it was like, like, well, specifically the, when she was like, um, then we'll then we'll unite and we'll, like use our power together. Mm-hmm. And it was like, mm, yep, yep. <laughs> and that was before she. um separates herself from the ley line, mm-hmm. which I liked Gwyn Khan's explanation of that, where he was like, there were these things from, um, I can't remember the name of the place. It was like the tomb of the dragon or grave of the dragon. I think it was tomb of the dragon. Okay. Yeah. He was talking about like the, the data that he, uh, reverse engineered or whatever to try and engineer the XGP. <clears throat> but he's like the thing that Melfina is, is all of the data they couldn't understand. And it's yeah. something about that. I was like, that's so good because it's like she contains all of the mystery, like all that can't yep. be known. All the mystery and chaos. Yeah. Just brilliant. Just, uh, there at the <laughs> end, she like uh, severs or separates from the part of her that is the galactic ley line. And I Mm -hmm. like how it's just, it's happening. She cleaves. Yeah. Or no, she leaves. Yeah. Well, I like how it's happening in her own head. Like you don't see it happen materially. It doesn't manifest materially where it's like in her head. It's like, this is the part of her that is the galactic ley line. And you just get this very cordial conversation between the versions of herself where it's just like, well, you probably don't need me anymore. Right. And she's like, yeah, probably not. <laughs> and they're just like, goodbye. <laughs> and then she like leaves and then it's just have a good one. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a, uh, I don't know. How do you say that? Very understated. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like the key to the ley line is now no longer the key to the ley line. Like, the, the ley line has separated, which I like how the ley line just says it's leaving this world. So it's like yeah. when it's, when it says it's leaving this world, that's not, that's not the metaverse. That's not going to another version of the same world. It's like it is ceasing to exist as we could possibly know it. Right. So it was like the, the thing, the thing that now happened, like it's not just, Gene is choosing this woman over 
anything else he could ask for. It's it's like it's bigger than that. Like he's he's making that choice for everyone. Yeah, and what I really what I really think is cool um was that when she was talking with Jean at the very end, um, you know, like when when they're just talking in front of that grave, mm-hmm. she doesn't love sound she doesn't sound as robotic. So it's almost like all of the order, like all of the robotic left mm-hmm. and left the mystery that is woman behind. <clears throat> yes. So it's it's only that that cannot be known. <laughs> That is left. Right. And right. that makes it fitting. That's that's like when her and Jean are kind of now they're together. I also like how mm-hmm. Jean has a haircut. Yeah. I'm not just saying that it looks cool, but I'm saying it's... Cut your hair. Stand up straight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it, it is a thing where it's like he has to look different and he gives off a completely different vibe. And that's just how it mm-hmm. is. It's like you, the hairdo that he has matters. I also like how uh, in the beach episode when uh, is her name Erta or Ert, something like that, the the female sorcerer. She uh, refers to him as the man with the red hair. Yeah, Ert. Yeah, and, and I can't remember hundred percent, but wasn't there something earlier about someone talking about a man with red hair? Something earlier I think in the show. Was some like, I think there was some like. Uh, prophecy or something like that. Yeah, or so, some like, I don't know, like freaking palm reading type of thing. Where it was like, something to do with a man with red hair. Well, like, he still he still has red hair, but like, it's gone now as much as it is it can be gone. Like, he gets rid of that. Where it's like... Like, you can still see that it's red, but... Yeah, but it's like that thing that people would recognize about him. It's like, that's now gone because he doesn't need it anymore. He's already, he's finished that journey. Yeah. Also, I, I like, I like the reasoning for why she was at the grave. She's like, she's paying respects for all the people who lost their lives going after the ley line. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I just like, I really like that. And I'm not sure why this is what I was saying. This is going to be, this is a whole episode of me struggling because like, I can't articulate why I like that so much. It just makes sense and is good. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so I don't, I don't know. The it, as far as um showing instead of telling and mm-hmm. in fact using the telling to throw you off while using the imagery to do the opposite, it's kind of a flex. There's that really good scene where Gene sees um I totally forgot her name. He's seeing his dad and he's seeing the bounty hunter from early in the show. Hilda. Hilda. Yeah, he's seeing his dad and he's seeing Hilda. And mm-hmm. both of them are kind of asking telling parallel stories or telling yeah, <laughs> reminding him of parallel like things and then asking him the same question. Yeah, and it, it kind of brings everything full circle from the beginning where it was like the different times Gene has gone into space, the person that got him there died. Like people people are dying to get Gene into space. Yeah. And then the things that they're asking of him are different from the advice they're giving. Like they're asking him to decide what he wants. And like Hilda in particular, the advice she gives is trust no one, be connected to no one, only like only follow your own instincts. 
Like only look out for number one. And they're, they're kind of, I, I don't, I think his father says something not too dissimilar. Actually, he's kind of like telling Gene to make something of himself and then like d- decide what he's going to do. They, they both end up asking him to, you know, like they basically say, Gene, what do you want? And then the images mm-hmm. were when he asks himself, he's like, what am I supposed to do? And I like how it's actually him who asks himself because, yeah, I mean, I don't think this is too Sauron-y, but something that Jordan Peterson says is uh, if you sit down alone and ask yourself what you're doing wrong, you'll get an answer quickly. <laughs> Where it's like <laughs> when Gene is like at his at his lowest moment and he's like, what do I want? But it was just something he's been refusing to think about this whole time when he asks what he wants. That's when he sees Melfina. Yeah. And it's like, that's the thing that's different. At least very different from Hilda. Not sure if it would be too different from his dad, but they don't really tell us. They don't really need to. That's the way that he's different from them. So that's why, like, his story doesn't just just end in failure. And that's the carving of his own path, yeah. And that's how their story continues. Like, that's how Hilda and Jean's father now have a legacy. Right. Which is, um, I don't know. I think that's really cool for Hilda, especially the way her character is, like, set up. And uh, mm-hmm. her, her characterization early on, where, you know, she kind of seems like this, you know, this outlaw who only looks out for herself, but literally betrays that belief by giving her own life to help them escape. Right. You know, c- cursing them the whole nice way. Hilda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I really liked that scene. Uh, like I said, with like with the time that's allotted, this, I, I, maybe not the fourth one because there is a lot of screwing around. Even though it is funny and fun, the last three, I would put up there with like the pacing of the finale episodes of Avatar: The Last Airbender, where it's like mm-hmm. they just seemed to be able to tell the best possible version of that story in the end, like when it really mattered. And I think it's probably the last three episodes that keep my opinion of Outlaw Star so high. Mm-hmm. They just, they really work. And like, now that I'm looking at them with fresh eyes, it's like, yeah, they really work because they kind of lean into the mystery when they need to. However, I would have really preferred them like air these in the same way that they aired Avatar Last Airbender, but they were oh, aired like yeah. a week apart. Ah, uh, man. Yeah. Thinking about it that way, we did get to binge them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because they really work together as a movie. If you had to wait a week in between the three segments, that would be yeah. sort of, I don't know. Uh, what's the word? Whiplash? It's like you're having to get right back into the middle of the story that's in progress. Oh, man, not only that, but they went from uh, the Gravity Jailbreak episode. They didn't air the Hot Springs episode. Um, and then, like, two weeks later, they aired the beginning of the finale. So they, didn't they, didn't... Even air, they didn't air the Hot Springs episode. 
How was it supposed to explain how he got the caster shells? He just had those the whole time? And also, how does it... Ex- I mean, like, they kind of briefly said at the very beginning, like, they give you the exposition of, I got these, but they said if I use them in rapid succession, I will die. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, but there's, uh, there's like, a meaningful thing about, like, him him yeah. rejecting, you know, the, the the ways of his younger self and climbing a mountain in order to uh, get the caster cells. Also, the, yeah. the explanation where it's, like, in this world of low of low mana, it's like the reason this is going to cost you your life in order to uh, bring these into existence is because there's there's nothing else that you're able to provide for. It. It's just your life force. <clears throat> yeah, not airing that uh, that episode. I mean, like, I understand. I understand yeah. why it wasn't aired. I, but at the same time, I it, wonder it robs a lot of the I wonder if they knew that it wasn't going to get aired because there's there's sometimes where it's like we have these episodes that we we already know are like going to only be on the video release or something that seems mm-hmm. like they didn't know which is odd because you'd think they would know right especially with the content that's why yeah. the hot springs episodes rarely have any like content in them yeah or, uh, uh story content and and, and the the, the okay the the content that would keep it from being aired like wasn't necessary to like it wasn't necessary to to what even is happening in fact it's mm-hmm. extremely not it's not like graphic it's almost like here's just enough to get the episode not aired like, right here's just enough to trip the censors that way it doesn't get shown it's almost like if you had just not added the detail like you could have kept the the um, the framing exactly the same, but like, don't add the detail of the nips, <laughs> and it would, right. it would be completely, it would be completely, it, it would have flown on Japanese TV. So yeah. like, that's really Still weird not on, uh, on American TV. No, no, most no, likely. No, it would, but see, here's the thing that American TV is um, willing to do. There, there, the studio, not the studio, the network will chop up your episode for you. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. uh, the story told about. Um, Fire Force and Fully Cooley and Smiling Friends recently, where it was like the issues that Adult Swim had with Smiling Friends, like uh, uh, Zach Zach Hadel and Michael F-bomb. Cusack, they wanted to work with them so they could kind of decide how things got changed. But after a certain point, they were running out of time, and it was like, yeah, we ran out of time. So now Adult Swim is just gonna they're gonna have their own people fix it. Like you want to be involved in the way your show is getting disemboweled and uh, changed around to to meet a censor's demands, but after a certain point, it's like oh, we can just have our people do it. I think they're less willing to do that in Japan. I've noticed it's really a situation where it's like this is either getting aired the way it is, or we're just not going to air it. Hmm. Yeah, it's like ah, eh, you can get it on the video release. Which another thing about uh, uh anime in particular is they're far more willing to be like if you want the details then read the manga because it's like the the anime is made for the people who read the manga because manga is a significantly larger industry than anime is mm-hmm. it's like anime is very much downstream from the manga whereas in the US um it's like the visual mediums rule, or not visual, 
the video mediums rule the day. Where it's like, we'll get the novelization and the graphic novelization long after the fact. And like, that that stuff, the required reading is is the video content. <clears throat> like, we may have comic book sequels and spinoffs to Firefly, but you're supposed to watch Firefly in order to know yeah. what's going on. It's the opposite, so it's flipped. So it, And I'm pretty sure Outlaw Star is... Um, was not in a manga first, which I could be wrong about that. I could be totally wrong. Let me check. I think I remember something about either. It's an adaptation of the of manga series. Oh, okay. Never mind then. In that case, it might be a situation where it's like, I mean, y'all know how this ends. So There was only three volumes. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if there was any... Okay, now that we're when we're talking about filler, and now that I know that it's a uh, it was a manga first, I wonder how much of it was, uh, how much of it is original in the show. Mm hmm. Hmm. I'd have to look into that after the fact. Don't have time to do it now. Um. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. I just uh I just saw on the Wikipedia page that. When it was aired on Cartoon Network, they actually edited a couple of things. This was in 2001. Um, I think I talked about this earlier, but go ahead. I huh. just sent it in our, uh, in our chat. Oh. They like, added to when, when Melfina was introduced and she's like naked in that suitcase. Um, they she, gave her they, underwear. Like, they like, added underwear to her. Huh. Yeah, that's, that's stuff that... Um... Cartoon Network is willing to do, uh, mm -hmm. I and it may be because they have people who can do it for them. Uh, with Japanese TV, it's kind of like you just give it to us and we'll air it if if we can air it, and if we can't, it's like yeah. tough luck. Put it put it on the DVD. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, another thing about that, the way that it was originally shown on Toonami was they they removed any references. To Fred being gay, like they were oh, all yeah, gone. Yeah, it does say that here as well. Yeah, had a had a no, or had no specific policy policy with uh, regard to gay characters, but that overt sexuality or implied sexuality of any kind are not allowed. Well, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> that's obviously not true. <laughs> implied sexuality is like okay, okay. Well, not all of them. <laughs> Otherwise, the universe ceases to make any sense whatsoever. But it's like right. these people exist. It's like, guess what? That must mean they were born. You know how people do that? Something has to happen first. Oh no. <laughs> it's like no implied sexuality. It's like, bruh. Just an empty void. Yeah. It's like you can't have the show now, because it's how people exist. I don't know if your parents ever had the talk with you. I'm not about to have it with you. I don't know you like that. But Anyway, I don't know what else I have to say. Let's let me go down the things that I wrote down. Yeah, the after the credits thing that really that really changes my reaction to the ending. I still liked it before I knew that, but it was a lot more melancholic. Mm -hmm. But there at the end, having a thing where it's like, yeah, but then now when they have no reason to, Aisha and Suzuka join them anyway. That that feels that feels much more satisfying, and it feels like it completes their story arcs. Because 
in the finale episodes, they both have these climactic fights where Aish is kind of in this situation where she's like, how did I get involved with this? And I I like her line where she's like, uh, I I wish I had written it down, but she's like, oh, well, might as well just throw yourself as hard as you can into the problem directly in front of you. And I'm like, I like that. That's cool. I like that. Then it like, if it's a character, if it's like her people, uh, I also, yeah. I also like how Aisha never sort of, she really sticks to her guns throughout and in sticking to those guns, that's how she changes. It's like, she, she learns what that stuff kind of means. Whereas before it's a lot of like boasting and like talking about how great her and her people is the lessons she gets from her people like she kind of gets a better idea of what all of it means. Like family's really important. Like I like how she, yeah. she the whole time she was checking in with her family and that's how the Kataro Kataro found out where the ley line was. And they're like, <laughs> right. why did you tell him? She's like, if I don't tell him, we'll get worried. <laughs> and it's like, that's the best possible explanation. Uh, but like there at the end, she's like, she kind of grows to accept her punishment and why this was done to her. But it like, I don't know. What am I trying to say? Am I making sense? Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, I liked, I liked that completion of her story. I also, Oh man, I I loved the way that fight ended. And when she was fighting that like tornado guy where he like thinks that he like spouts water. Yeah. He thinks that he won. (laughs) Then he just basically bursts. That was perfect. She just she just takes a nap. She's like, I'm just gonna take a little nap. Um, oh, I I also kind of like how they don't show how her or Suzuka escape. Like that was, again, they're good at picking what they need to show, but it's like, Aisha and Suzuka are not main characters. Like mm-hmm. they are supporting characters, so it's fine that we don't know why Suzuka was here until now. It's fine that. You know, we don't know necessarily how Aisha gets anywhere unless it's in the service of a joke, which is the right. only time they show how she ever gets around. Um, they, you know, they reveal after the fact that this is how the Kataro Kataro know. It's because when she came in earlier and was saying, I completed all my errands, one of those included telling that empire what exactly is going on. Right. Um, and, and not in any malicious way. It's just. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then like. The way that it is not explained that Aisha chooses to go with them. And it's kind of because, well, it lines up with her values to keep the people that she cares about close. And then with uh, Suzuka, <clears throat> like she says, her, her stated reason is, I've already been to that place, so I'm probably going to go somewhere else. Which means that in changing her mind, it's like this is new to her. So it's kind of yeah. with supporting characters, it's not necessarily that they change. It's like the the aspects of them that already exist sort of get changed by the hero. So it's like Gene and his journey is something new and interesting to Suzuka and uh creates a sort of new surrogate family for uh Aisha. So yeah. This is brilliant. It was really, I, I 
almost couldn't put my mind in the headspace of what if I didn't see this end credits scene? Yeah, well, I I, I told him beforehand, uh, I was like, there's a significant after the credits scene that I had never seen before. It was almost like yeah. it was like, oh, it's over, I guess. <laughs> I think that's what it was for me the first time. <laughs> but then, you know, you get that voiceover where it's saying it's like, uh, Jet Black from out from Cowboy Bebop is telling you, you know, everything that's going to happen now, and uh, mm-hmm. sort of, sort of setting it. Okay, I think you definitely could say that this could have set up a sequel. I don't know if the manga went on for longer. Uh, being only three volumes, I kind of feel like it probably didn't. This probably covered everything and then some. But um, yeah, I mean, there is the spinoff. I wonder if that had a manga. And I guess I could look that up. Angel Links. Oh, it looks like... It was just one volume. Okay, so so there are two volumes of Outlaw Star. One of the... And then I don't know the friggin' Japanese. But here's the second light novel. I like how n- no, one, no one's going to know. But it says El Dorado in the title. Oh, so okay. it, I just I just pasted it in our chat, uh, but it, it has El Dorado in the title and then a whole bunch of uh, Japanese. And then it says Outlaw Star. Yeah, it's almost like they do set up a kind of thing where Ron and Harry kind of live on in a way yeah. like Harry has his backup. So he's not actually it's not really Harry anymore. But it's like Ron sort of maintains a connection to Harry and Ron does live. Even though yeah. he's kind of, you know, kicked out of the story. The, the point, the point now, where Gene. Now did, Harry can be a robot. Now Harry what? Now Harry can complete his journey and he can be a robot. I don't think that was the journey, but okay. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> I'm a fake boy. <laughs> <laughs> Am I a real boy, Papa? <laughs> okay. Um, I was saying something earlier, and I totally got got off track by Garage Band being like, "Stop, <laughs> stop it." But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I like it. It's good, really good show. Yeah. Great, great finish. I think that's yes. what really helps it. It's a really good finish. He had a little wobble in his ankles the entire time he ran, but the he finished strong. Yeah. I think, uh, do we want to watch Angel Links? Should we, like, should I, we just replace Outlaw Star with curious. Angel Links? Yeah, because... I am, I am very curious of it. I super want to know, and if it turns out being really bad, then we can kind of, like... I mean, that's plenty to talk about there. Right. <laughs> right. Like, if this sucks, that would be really interesting. It only aired for, like, two months. Yeah, there's... It says 13 episodes, but it started airing April 7th, 99... And mm-hmm. oh wait, there's April. May is between. Never mind. Forget what I said. I don't talk. Shh. I said nothing. I f- I didn't forget May exists. Uh, but yeah, so I don't really have anything after. else to say. I think it's just like there's a good show. I will. I do need to ask. Do you think it's Belt? Because I'm not sure. It kind of just feels like a love story. In the yeah, end. it it does just feel like a love story. There wasn't. There wasn't really like a, and comparing yeah, it with Redline, because Redline can also be argued as a love story. In Redline, there is that moment. I I don't right. I don't know if there's really a part where Gene has to like 
defeat himself. And if it does, it happens yeah. very gradually and sort of in the background. It's it's not much of an, an inner conflict or conflict with Gene. Yeah, I definitely didn't get like the the that that gut feeling when it when something's belt. So I, I would say that it is not. Yeah. It's a good show though. Oh yeah. I have to go to the bathroom. So we should probably end the episode oh. soonish. <laughs> Sure. I'm just remembering our conversation where you had where you would take the mic into the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that's the future, baby. <laughs> that's the terrible future. That's that's the future Gwen Khan wants recording the podcast on the toilet. A terrible so you knowledge. Have all the knowledge. A terrible destruction of the f- mystery. <laughs> then you fade into oblivion. <laughs> that's that's what we need, baby. All right. Uh, d- killing people's bad. Um, grit those teeth. Grit those teeth. Uh, it's not. It's not really a line from Outlaw Star. So, yeah. I don't know. Da 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 da. That's the best line from it. <laughs>